Welcome to Powered by Magic, where we discuss topics surrounding magic and common, or not so common, questions. Let's take this journey together. Hi, I'm Tatiana. And I'm Sylvia. And we are coming to you from Eugene, Oregon. We invite you to conjure up a broom and ride with us. You are hearing our visitor, Ember, who (laughs) is insisting on being on the table at the moment. Yes, and I think you also heard the sound for my brother, uh, ringtone, text tone, oh goodness, Ember, come on, sweetheart. (laughs) (laughs) She's really in the way. She wants my attention pretty badly. Yes. I've been house-sitting, as you know, and she's missing me. Hi, baby. Hi. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm doing good. I have a new game. Yeah? Tell us, please. It's called Witchwood. It is a game that is without any real combat, which is nice. It's very calming for the most part. There is some, you know, things that can hurt you in the game. For the most part, it's very, very zen. The music is amazing. The whole point is you collect ingredients from all over the place. You use those ingredients to create spells, you know, potions all sorts of things it's really fun and i really enjoy it sounds cool it might be something i would be interested in i'm such a wimp when it comes to anything that has any kind of confrontation yeah well it's it's got some quote-unquote confrontation but it's not any actual fighting i'm going to be watching you play it so that i can see if i like it or not yeah anything else going on not much just busy 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 how about you how are you doing i have been better Mm. i i'm sorry i keep petting my cat and her bells jingling i hope that's not annoying i just lost my kitty as you know yeah he was 19 and a half plus years old and he has been kind of very gradually going downhill for about two years now Nothing serious, you know, nothing that we found anything wrong with at the vets. Just bad arthritis. He developed a heart murmur in the end. Mm -hmm. And he still lasted several months after that. Then he suddenly didn't and was time. It was very tough ending, but he did go peacefully at the very end, which was a blessing. We had somebody come to the home and she was just amazing. Oh, good. I mean, not good that he died, but good that she was good. Yeah, I feel a great sense of relief and happiness for him. Mm. You know, in that end, when I saw him in so much pain, I just, I was just so relieved for him to be on a new journey. Yeah. And I've been grieving for a long time, just because I constantly was thinking, am I going to come downstairs and he's passed, you know, away? I was just always on edge that's hard it really is i've been there for at least a year and a half just never knowing if he was going to be okay now he has moved on and i am ready for my new journey which is as i'm talking your ear off on um, (laughs) i want a kitten Mm -hmm. i want it for me but i also really want it for my little girl who is chewing on my cord amber stop uh she needs she needs a playmate desperately yeah she hasn't had a chance to really be a kitten because she couldn't play with loki 
you know, he was just too old. She needs a kitten to play with or at least have her, you know, somebody harass her for a change. <laughs> she has decided to get into my lap as very wonderfully comfortable, but a little... Oh, now she's playing with the microphone. Okay. So, moving on. <laughs> Everything else is pretty normal for me. Just the normal stuff. Okay, here she comes. She's going to go visit you now. Okay. <laughs> well, today is about servitors and sachet magic. A little bit of alliteration going there. Yeah. Want to move on to the god or goddess that you chose? Yeah. Today, because of servitors i chose bastet because she is the egyptian god of pregnancy childbirth and protection she looks like a black cat-headed beautiful woman her duties were protecting lower egypt the pharaoh and ra as well as protecting people from evil spirits and contagious diseases her father and mother were ra and isis brothers were horus and anur she had a son, Mahis, and was the consort of Ta. Now, the story I have for you is one where Bast does not appear directly, at least not by name. She is supposedly one of the characters in it, even though it's not naming her. In ancient Egypt, there was a prince, Setna he decided to steal a book from a tomb despite the inhabitants asking him and warning him not to. He then goes to Memphis and this is not the Memphis in the United States. This is Memphis in the old ancient Egypt. Sees the most beautiful woman he's ever encountered accompanied by servants and he lusts after her. He asks after her and finds out she's a daughter of a priest of Bast and that her name is Tabobu. He is so overcome that he sends her note asking her into his bed for ten gold coins. She counter-offers and asks him to come to the temple of Bastet where she lives, and he will have everything he wants. <laughs> we'll see how that happens. <laughs> Setna travels to her and is eager to get started, but Tabobu says, not before you sign over all you own to me. She's driving a hard deal there. Yeah, she is. Good for her. <laughs> right? He agrees hastily and tries to hug her, but she holds him off and says he must send for his children so that they can sign the papers as well, so there will be no problems. Smart lady. Mm-hmm. What is it, like a prenuptial kind of thing? Apparently, only it's like pre-sex. <laughs> says while they are signing, Tobobu goes to a room and comes out in a dress so sheer that nothing is left to the imagination. Setna's lust is almost uncontrollable by this point. After the papers are signed, he again goes to embrace her. And again, she holds him back. She says he must kill his children so they can't go back on the agreement and get into a long, drawn-out court battle. This is where it gets really extreme. Setna, however, quickly agrees to this, and his children are killed and their bodies are thrown out into the street. Then, Setna takes off all his clothes and hurriedly takes Tobobu to the bedroom. He embraces her, and suddenly she screams, then vanishes along with the room and the temple. Oh. Setna then finds himself naked in the street with his penis in a clay pot. Alrighty then. Mm-hmm. Surprise, surprise. This, of course, is when the pharaoh comes past. 
embarrassing Setna completely. I'd say. Pharaoh then tells him that his children are still alive and that all he had seen had been an illusion. Setna only then understands that he was being punished for stealing the book. He rectifies this quickly and in addition to returning the book, finds the mummies of the inhabitants of the tomb and reunites them. Interesting facts. Bastet was originally worshipped as a lion-headed warrior goddess. That eventually turned into kind of two sides of one coin, Bastet being one and Sekhmet, which is the lion-headed goddess of the North Egypt. She was the protector of North Egypt. Bastet was the protector of South Egypt. So they're two, two sides of the same coin, basically. Interesting. Yeah. Bastet had a festival that attracted huge numbers of people to her town of Bubastis for a drunken festival. The best uh, festival. Apparently, it was pretty raunchy. Her symbols are cats, a sistrum, which is a percussion instrument, a solar disc, lionesses, and ointment jars. One of the things, one of the interesting facts that I didn't put in here is that it's thought that Bastet means she of the ointment jars. Oh, interesting. It's not for sure that that's what her name means, but it's possible superstitions with Tatiana. <laughs> the lucky rabbit's foot. The rabbit's foot is an amulet considered to be good luck. Its origins are associated with African-American slave trading beginning in South America. It also carries associations with the moon in Japan and the Aztec Empire. The Chinese actually connected fertility to the rabbit due to its breeding habits. Africans saw it as a trickster in its ability to evade its predators. Just as a kind of an interesting side note, in Japan, they actually see a rabbit in the moon instead of a man. That's right. I didn't mention that, but yes, I did read that. Thank you. You're welcome. Rabbits are associated with abundance and fertility. They are in stories around the world, some depicting them as quick, clever, evasive, skillful, brave, and agile. In African-American folklore, due to their evasive and tricky ability to escape predators, they were associated with noteworthy elusiveness. Having the foot would empower them to have the same traits and skills as a rabbit. This was the belief amongst African slaves. An odd concept was that in order for the foot to be lucky, it had to have bad energy connected to it. The more negative energy it held, the luckier it became. Interesting. I thought so. The rabbit has a lucky and unlucky side as well, as the front and back being lucky or unlucky. If you were looking for the unluckiest part of the rabbit, in order to get the most luck, you would have to get the rear left leg. That's awfully specific. Yeah. Well, they considered, I think, the back to be unluckiest and the left side unlucky. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So that was how they came to it. In the capturing of the animal, it was thought it must be caught under a full moon on Friday the 13th. Things that would increase its potency would be things like catching it on a grave of someone who had been seen as being evil. For example, a thief, a murderer, or maybe even a witch. Hmm. The combination of bad omens goes so far as to include that the person hunting the animal should be red-headed, cross-eyed, and left-handed. 
again, very specific. Very. Somewhere along the line, this was why left-handed people became associated with bad luck. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know how that happened, but it's, and it seems a little unfair. Right? But, you know, you can kind of see the jump, I guess. Kind of, sort of. <laughs> well, that is my conclusion of The Lucky Rabbit's Foot, which was very odd in my view of, you know, having to have bad luck in order to have good luck. Right? But let's go ahead and move on to your section, Servitors. All right. So Servitors are a part of Chaos Magic, which is... A very interesting part of magic. Here I'm just going to talk about servitors. What in the world is a servitor? A servitor is a created magical spirit that performs a particular task according to its programming and or instructions. The idea has been around for a long time, but the name servitor is fairly recent. The idea of a servitor can be seen in the small statuettes that Egyptians would bury with their dead called shabti. I'm probably messing that up. The idea was that these statuettes would be servants in the afterlife and take care of the dead owner of the tomb. They were most often blue or green glazed ceramics, but other materials had been used as well, probably depending on how rich or how poor you were. Another culture also had servitor-like statues, China, ancient China. What I'm talking about is the terracotta army that was buried with China's first emperor. It was created so that the emperor would have an army to take to the afterlife to conquer there as well. I've heard of them. Yeah, it's apparently really amazing. I mean, I've seen pictures, but... Yeah, me too. I can't even imagine, you know, how huge that must be because there's more underneath the ground than you actually see. Mm-hmm. These statues, which are life-size, even varying in height, were painted with bright colors and incredible detail. Like, they had, I think it was like seven molds for faces, and then they detailed the faces with different mustaches and beards and all sorts of stuff. Make them really come to life, really real. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, when the painted statues were unearthed, the paint chipped and flaked away within minutes of hitting the air. Wow. Yeah, like it was four minutes or something like that Hmm. is all it took for it to just go poof, the color. And that's all well and good, you might say, but how do you actually make one? Well, before you even step into the magical circle, there's some very important steps to go through. First, do you actually need a servitor? Keep in mind, you'll be creating an entity. Make sure you're willing to see to all of its care. Second, this is where you start making your servitor and possibly the most important part. Decide what purpose your servitor will be fulfilling. What would you like the results to look like? Third, decide on the abilities of the servitor. What can it do? Fourth, what will it look like? Something that you can visualize will help in creating the servitor and give it a more concrete form. Give the servitor a name. This allows you to call it when you need to talk to it or change instructions. Give it a name that is specific to it. No famous people's names, puns of their names probably would be okay, but other entities' names like, you know, angels or stuff like that. You want to have a name that's specific to that entity. 
You may also make a small ritual calling their name to add a little magic to the process, but it's not absolutely necessary. What will they feed on? So these magical beings need something to eat. This is important because all servitors require some kind of energy to go on. Now what kinds of things can they feed on? Emotions, the energy generated during thought, or less effectively, physical offerings. They also need a home. Where will they stay? A small statue, a die, a rock, a special coin, creating a housing. All of these are good ideas. It can be nearly anything. Also, a sigil will be important to help tie the servitor to life. It can be made from the purpose of the servitor, you know, the, the mission statement, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. and, you know, using the letters and going through the process that I've stated in the last episode. You can make it from its name or even do a completely original sigil using your creativity. I lump all of these together as you don't necessarily need to do these ones in order. It is just important that you do each of these to make a stronger servitor. Fifth, there's some dissenting opinions on whether or not the servitor should have an end date or something to quote unquote kill it. So the question is, do you want an end date or a way to shut the servitor off? You can put an ending clause into the purpose of the entity. You can also pick a word and several elements that you think of together in the presence of the servitor that ends it. Sixth, you want to write a letter out to this entity, which we haven't created quite yet, which details each of those questions we answered, then seal it with the sigil you created. Seventh, now is the time to bring your servitor to life. One of the ways you can empower your servitor is meditating on the servitor, the purpose, the appearance, abilities, sigil, and other important parts you created as you make a physical housing for it. The other way is by creating a ritual to create the entity. The ritual will look like anything you want it to. The point is to use what works for you. That's kind of a big thing in chaos magic is you use what works for you. There will be an activity showing how I will do this later in the podcast. We're going to try to do this without having my cat bump everything. I am so sorry how I'm going to try and cut that out, but it may not be possible. So my apologies right now. All right, moving on to sachets. Sachets. Sachets equal air magic and east. History of the sachet dates back to the Warring States period in Chinese culture. These continued to be used through the Qing Dynasty. Although it began its use for women and men, initially as a bug repellent or to ward off evil spirits, it became something used moreover by women for its scent and then was eventually used as love potions. In this culture, the sachets were traditionally worn around the neck. Moving on, a plague bag, quote unquote, is what medieval Europe considered the sachet to be. They were worn around the neck as well, but also around the waist for protection against sickness and parasites. According to my research, these pouches held sweet and aromatic powders, herbs, and flowers from the garden. Royalty such as Queen Isabel of Spain, George III of Great Britain, and Prince Albert of Saxe-Coburg 
used these sachets for the purpose of sleep. They were called pulvinar humili. I hope I said that right. Love Latin, though. Mm-hmm. I think that's Latin anyway. Sounds Latin. Yeah, it does sound Latin. Okay. What is sachet magic? It consists of a cloth filled with various ingredients, most commonly herbs, to produce a desired spell effect. I find I include herbs, frequently stones, and on occasion oils. They are super easy to put together and simple to use. Personally, I like to use them under a pillow if I'm working on dream magic. Another possibility is to place it in my dresser drawers. If I do this, I'm trying to cleanse the energy of the clothing or cloak myself in a certain energy to go out into the world. But they can be placed on your altar, around the house, buried, or even in your pocket to carry with you. In some areas, you may find this to be referred as a mojo bag, which we may come back to. A traditional sachet consists of a cloth bag, herbs, and a binding agent. The binding agent is new to me. If you are very crafty, you can start from scratch and sew together a cotton cloth to make a bag. If you're like me, you can purchase a material bag. The color of the bag can add to your intention. I am not somebody who is crafty enough or good at sewing. Mm. Oh, okay, I'm crafty, but I'm not good at sewing. <laughs> me. Me neither. (laughs) In one case, I actually read of someone using a baby sock, which I think is quite brilliant, really. It's the right size, easy to work with, Mm -hmm. all you need is a ribbon, that works. Materials and putting it together. Here's how I like to do it. I decide on my intention, then I find the herbs that fill that intention. I choose the herbs one of two ways. First is by intuition. The other would be through research of the magical meanings of said herbs and what they can be used for. You should also keep in mind what you want it to smell like, especially when wearing it, sleeping with it, or placing it on your clothing. Always consider what herbs work best for you. Lavender is one I use most in my sachets, for all of the above reasons. You don't have to go out and buy herbs, especially if you can't afford or don't want to. Frequently, you will have what you need in your cupboards. I know herbs are a common concept, but I'd like to open this up to other plants that have magical meanings as well. You might use oak bark for strength or birch bark for new beginnings, etc. Mm, okay. That really opens things up. Yeah. If you know uh, Celtic tree lore, there's a lot you can gain from that. Mm-hmm. There are all sorts of things from all different traditions. Yeah. But it, it is nice to have the option. So to break free a little bit from that traditional is, is okay, I think. Mm-hmm. Other ingredients I like are things like glitter to represent fairy magic or stones for their magical attributes. Hmm. The traditional binding agents seem to be things like honey and or agave syrup, which sounds quite messy to me. Right. Salt, cornmeal, cornstarch, or even coffee. I don't quite understand how that works. I do get like the cornstarch, that part I kind of get, and the salt I sort of get too. But cornmeal and coffee, I don't know, maybe cornmeal? Anyway. Yeah. That's what I found. 
in looking this up, I actually realized that intuitively I've been using essential oils for the same purpose. Okay. It is something that just occurred to me as I was reading through all of this that I just, you know, add these oils and I've always done so. And I think that was just something that was my way of binding it all together. Mm-hmm. Bringing it all together. First, take your herbs, focus on the intention they are representing, and mix them all together in your cauldron if you have one. Otherwise, a bowl will do. You could also use a mortar or pestle, which would be nice if you're needing to make it smaller for a smaller size bag. Then add your stones and glitter, again chosen for their attributes. It would be good to keep things simple, or the spell could get overwhelming. You don't need much for a spell for it to work. Finally, add your binding agent and churn it all together while saying your chant. If you are trying to invoke something, be sure to churn it clockwise direction. For releasing or expelling purposes, churn the opposite direction, counterclockwise. Like with any spell work, your intent is the most important part. Everything else is for creating focus. After all this, I went ahead and created an activity, which will come later. How about your activity? My activity is a job finding servitor. First things first, you figure out the details. I knew that I wanted this to look like a smart looking woman in a business suit with a briefcase. I came up with a computer desk lamp for the housing because that's where you go and you look for jobs. You look for them on the computer generally, or you know, you always need light for looking in the paper or or, 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 or. <laughs> it seemed like a, a good place for it. The that's, mission... I'm sorry, that's what called you intuitively. So that yeah. sounds great. The mission or purpose is help me find and to bring opportunities to me. Feeding, the satisfaction of finishing an application, directly thinking of the servitor, the excitement of new opportunities and the focus during the job search. The name, which I had a little bit of a hard time coming up with, I came up with Night. Is there any specific reason? Or are you about to tell me this? Yes, I'm about to say something. <laughs> Let's tell you it. It's actually, I took letters away from opportunity, and then I noticed that it looked, the last part of it looked like night, and the first part was Opertu. And so I just put a, an I in there to make it flow a little better. So it's Oprah tonight. It's a play on opportunities. Okay. Cool. The timing is to work as intended until I find a job, then modify this mission to success at work. Because I don't feel right getting rid of a servitor after I've created it. Okay. I'd like to continue working with whatever I've made. The abilities is have people think of me when they hear of a job, to help me be clear and eloquent in my interviews, help me linger in the interviewer's mind, let my intuition guide me to jobs that are best for me, and give me courage to apply for jobs that are out of my experience range. Because sometimes you can find a job that's out of your experience range and get it. Yeah. If yeah. you're the right fit. That's true. I, I just wanted to quickly come back. You said you like to keep your servitor around and keep working with it. And see, I think I would want to let it go because it would seem like a big responsibility to constantly be aware of it and constantly kind of have to feed it and 
That just mm. seems to me like it would be a big responsibility. Mm-hmm. So I would take the other look on it. Okay. Next would be writing the letter to Opportunite, detailing everything about her. The instructions of how I would do this is after I've figured out all of the details is to cleanse my area with sage and proceed to create a circle and to make sure that I'm in a magical mindset because that is an important part of magic. Absolutely. I begin by visualizing Opportunite saying her name three times. Then I read the letter to her so that tells her everything about her so that she knows. And I wrote the letter for everyone so that everybody has an example. The example is, your name is Oprah Tonight, a being of shrewdness and courage. Oprah Tonight, you are a smart looking woman in a business suit with a briefcase. It is your mission to give me confidence and poise. Oprah Tonight, you will work by giving my name significance to those hearing of jobs and those I interview with. You will help me apply for jobs with confidence, even those that may seem beyond my experience and guide my intuition to the jobs best for me. Opportunite, you will help me until I find a job at which point we will review and change your purpose. You will feed on my attention to you, the satisfaction from finishing an application, and the focus during the job search. You are housed in my computer desk lamp. Opportunite, here is your sigil. And then I would present the piece of paper with the sigil on it. At this point, the ritual is done. I would thank her and close the circle. Leave her for a day to gather strength before I call on her to start her mission. Really neat. Something unique, and I had never heard of servitors before, so it's really interesting to me. And I do appreciate that you shared a letter, so have an example of what I would do, Mm -hmm. um, treating it like an actual being or person. I, I really do like that. Yeah. Tatiana has her activity and yes I do I decided to go for a happiness sachet Ooh. all you need are uh, some of these or all of these ingredients one bowl cauldron or mortar and pestle a small cloth bag that has a drawstring or that you have a string to tie around it to close it the next three can be done one of two ways Lavender, peppermint, and rosemary can either be used dried or as an oil. If you use it as an oil, it would be the binding agent. Mm. Lavender relieves stress. Peppermint is mind boosting. Rosemary is inner peace. Now the following are not used in oil form. Oh, I should say that whatever you don't use in oil form, that would be then used as a dried uh, herb okay. as an option to put into your sachet. Okay. So you you have choices. I'm just trying to give that to you as to what you feel most connected to or what your intent is. Mm-hmm. So the following are not used in oil form. You would have dried chamomile for calming, dried sage for cleansing, Then you can add stones like amethyst for balance and uplifting. Black tourmaline deflects negative energy. Amazonite 
which is playfulness and personal power, which I have to say, it doesn't sound like a common or easy stone necessarily. I would love to have that playfulness in there. Mm-hmm. So I highly encourage that if you can do it. Citrine is confidence and sun energy. Clear quartz clears the mind and removes negative energy. And tiger's eye, inner strength, creative solutions. I've given you the choice of which binding agent you would like to use. That would be the oils. Choose one and then the rest are used as dried herbs, as I have just said. The amount of each herb depends on what you'd like to focus on. There's no exact science, just use your intuition and what you know about yourself. You could use fresh herbs, but then you do run into the chance of them mildewing. I've also given you some stones to choose from. You can use all, one, or somewhere in between. Begin by deciding on what you want to use. This can change as you move through the making of the sachet, but you do need to decide on the oil, which will be your binding agent. You can use only one. Think about all of your happiest memories and what would bring you joy in the future. Then in your bowl, begin adding herbs together. There's no specific way to do this. Let yourself just be with it and feel it within. As you add each herb, mix them together. I like mixing them with my hands. It really adds the, you know, your energy to the magic. You can use a spoon if you're specifically doing invoking or releasing magic and you need to turn them in a certain direction for oh, that okay. energy. Yeah. Makes sense. So you, you can do that for sure. Maybe a wood spoon would be good. Yeah. Make sure you aren't allergic to any of the ingredients, especially the binding oil, because your hands are in there. And if you have any kind of allergic reaction, naturally, that's not fun. Yeah. Maybe test that out first. Once you've combined all of the herbs, you may add in whatever stone or stones you've chosen. Continue to mix, still focusing on your happiest memories and the future. Finally, add the oil, putting in three drops into the mixture. One for body, one for mind, one for spirit. Now place both of your hands over the bowl, focusing all of your energy and say, happiness, joy, and peace is what I'll find in my body, in my heart, and in my mind. The spell I hear now bind, so mote it be. At this point, you take what you have made and place it into your bag, close it and tie it three times into a knot. The spell is now done. Place the sachet in with your clothes, carry it with you, or place it on your altar. Very nice. I like it. Thanks. I tried to make it simple. It may sound complicated, but it really isn't. I, I gave a lot of ingredients. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have all of them. Okay. You can just choose what feels right to you. I do think that you should have several herbs. Mm-hmm. The stones, you know, one for really concrete focus is good, but adding more can truly add some vibrance to it. Mm-hmm. So it's really up to the individual. Okay, cool. I guess we are now down to the tarot. Ooh. I chose, or it chose us, the Hierophant, which was reversed. This is an opening to look at rules in a different way. What is going on behind the scenes? It may be that we've been looking at things through rose-colored glasses and blindly following along. Questioning things is an excellent trait to have. 
If you don't already carry this skill, then I advise you to learn it. I am not good at this. I am working on it. Not everything is as it seems, and we must look to find balance in all of the stories we've been told. Here we have an opportunity to learn something in a new way about ourselves. We can rewrite our own life story. It doesn't have to be what it has been. Break free of the casted mold, decide what powers you want to call upon, and begin anew. Lovely. Please rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you found us. As always, we have references in our episode notes. I'm Tatiana saying goodbye for now. And I'm Sylvia saying so long, and thank you for writing with us. This has been Powered Powered by by Magic. Magic. So long, everybody. Have a good one. See you next time.